Welcome, I'm Patrick Brady. I'm Orion Green, and this is Maine Better, where we discuss community and connection for the Maine Better Transportation Association. And with us today is Sarah Gideon, who's running for the U.S. Senate. Sarah, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what issues you care about the most? I am tuning in to you today from my home in Freeport, where I live with my husband, Ben, and our three kids, Julian, Alec, and Josie. Maybe like yours, they are navigating the beginning of a school year in hybrid mode. Life looks really different for all of us these days, I know but we are managing and for the past uh, nearly eight years now I have served as state representative in my hometown of Freeport and our neighboring town of Pownall and for the past four years have also served as speaker of the Maine House of Representatives. I am running because my experience in the state house in Maine has showed me exactly the challenges that Mainers are facing every day and really working on the state level, seeing where Washington is not succeeding and getting things done and how we have had to find our way in the state process to be able to sort of patchwork or pick up the pieces there. But as we know, that sometimes is just not enough. And I think we really need fresh and new leadership on the federal level. So I'm looking forward to being able to think about how we can improve healthcare, how we can invest in our infrastructure, our roads and bridges, but also that digital infrastructure that we so need and um, other things that are vitally important to Mainers, like fighting climate change. What are some of the biggest transportation challenges you see in Maine? Well, I think there are a lot, but that being said, I do want to step back for a moment and just recognize the work that you do at Maine Better Transportation Association and how you have worked so closely with the legislature to make sure that legislators, no matter where they live, understand what's happening across the state and not only what our infrastructure looks like, but why it's important and who travels on those roads and also what it means to our economy. I think in Maine, we're so lucky to have advocates like you, but we are also so lucky for what surrounds us here. Our beautiful natural resources, our connection to our woods and our water, um, but all of that also presents a really unique challenge to us with so many miles of roads, with so much of a rural area and with transportation that is needed in many of those rural areas in order to keep our economy really moving, functioning, we know our roads and bridges have experienced a lot of deterioration and much of that impact comes from climate change and what's happening around us, um, including the unpredictability of storms and the inability of us, I think, as a rural state to be able to really keep up um, just from state level funding with what we need to do every year. So that being said, I think one other challenge was for us to think about and to meet is how we can both improve and modernize our roads to make sure that we're making them more available for pedestrians and bikers and to encourage more of that behavior, but also to think about what sort of public transportation networks could throughout the state could be put into place to mitigate that impact on the roads and bridges and also at the same time to have the added benefit of reducing carbon emissions. What do you think can be done to finally get a big infrastructure bill on the federal level that 
both Republicans and Democrats have been talking about for years now. Yeah, absolutely. So you're right. This is something that is talked about, and yet I don't think we've seen it on the level that we need to. You know, one of the things that I've thought about a lot through this pandemic is what lessons it can teach us and also what opportunities it can provide us in terms of rethinking how government can invest in rural America specifically and in ourselves in general. And I think when we talk about infrastructure and emerging from this pandemic and rebuilding our economy or building back better as Vice President uh, Biden likes to say, this infrastructure opportunity is an enormous part of that. I mean, first of all, let's be honest, this is one of the places I think where Republicans and Democrats and independents can most readily agree that we need to make investments. But number two, I think we also know that as we think about rebuilding our economy, making those investments in a way that can put people back to work immediately, but also have long-term economic impacts for us is going to be vitally important. And I think investment in infrastructure like roads and bridges is one of the easiest places for us to do that. So I'm actually hopeful that as we have a new Congress uh, and a new president, that will be one of the primary and initial places that we focus. What's the worst road in the state? I wish this weren't so, but I think that there are many, many roads that need a lot of improvement and investment. And, you know, just stepping back for a moment, I spent a number of years as a town counselor here in my hometown. And so thinking, having that perspective of where you put your dollars and where you can partner, for example, with the state to do things um, is something that I have experience with and making those decisions both on the local level and on the state level about whether you are rebuilding a road or simply, you know, putting a sort of band-aid fix on it with skinny mix are the choices that we make all the time. Instead of maybe focusing on the whole state, I'll share with you one of the problem areas in my own hometown here, which I think really uh, plagues people because it's on the way to the transfer station. When you get on the Pownall Road, which is Route 136 between Freeport and Pownall, um, you know, that's a road that we have long struggled to keep up with. And the sides of the road are crumbling. People like to ride their bikes there, but it's just not safe. And whether you're going to a football game or whether you're bringing your recycling and your trash to the transfer station, it's a road everyone needs to use. Well, Ryan, would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I actually live in Pownall. The speed limit is an issue, too. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is because it is a curvy, windy road at the same time. What was your what first, your first car? car? Oh, <laughs> All right. We have this telepathic connection, Patrick and I. <laughs> I see that. Uh, my first car was a Subaru, a hand-me-down from my father. I loved that Subaru wagon. It had a plaid uh, cloth interior. As a, a kid graduating from high school, it equaled freedom and the ability to get back and forth to my job. I would have loved to have seen the plaid interior. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best road trip you've ever taken? Hard question to answer because road trips are really one of my favorite things and I can think of driving across the whole country with friends in my early 20s after uh, college ended and camping out and sleeping in the car sometimes. Uh, 
that was pretty amazing. But I'd probably point to my most recent road trip because it was with my family and family time is harder to come by, but also my oldest child is uh, in his senior year of high school. So just feeling that every moment is special. Uh, we took, I actually took two whole days off in a row um, during this campaign and we went to Baxter uh, State Park for those two days for some hiking and camping and that was a wonderful road trip. We don't get two teenagers and actually now three teenagers, um, we don't get them all in the car with us very often anymore. I can believe that. We, I have a 14 month old daughter and and certainly appreciating now how fast the time goes. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. As people have probably said to you, it goes by in the blink of an eye. Yeah. It really does. What's your favorite lesser known spot in Maine? I guess this is no, no longer going to be a lesser known spot when I say it, but one of my favorite spots is tucked away right here in my own town. Um, and it's called Porter's Landing. It's this little place where people in town can have access to the Harris Secret River, which is a tidal saltwater estuary um, off of Casco Bay. And it is a great place to be able to go swimming at high tide, people fish off the dock, um, but it is just surrounded by beauty and I think a you know, quintessential part of Freeport and uh, our experience here. Now everybody in Freeport's gonna be mad at you to let the cat out of the bag. I know, I'm, I'm thinking that same thing right now. <laughs> we talked about transportation funding, and, and you actually helped get a transportation bond through this year, as well as a broadband bond. Can you tell us a little bit about that? You know, this is one of the places, and I, I referenced this talking about what I think we would be able to do in Congress, but looking at the state it is also an area where i think we have most readily found agreement on things being able to invest in a transportation bond and being able to make a culvert bond part of that transportation bond for the last couple of years as well with something that i sponsored which i think is you know vitally important to us no matter where we live in the state in terms of being able to get the other infrastructure bond into place around high-speed internet broadband um, that's been a heavier lift over the years. As a matter of fact, when we were able to get that onto the June ballot this year, that was the first time that we've been able to do that. And interestingly, Mainers said resoundingly that they support more investment in broadband here in the state of Maine. It was, I think, a 72% um, yes vote that happened with that. I hope that's an indication to everybody in the legislature as we think about sending bonds to the voters that Mainers are hungry for progress in this way. And I think um, when we listen in that way to what people are telling us, then we really have the potential to make better progress for ourselves. When we think about how we continue to grow our economy, whether it is welcoming people to Maine who will work remotely, whether it is businesses that want to open here or even just scale up as they're successful, having that infrastructure in place is just so basic at this point. Um, we need to catch up to where we should be. What do you do when you're not campaigning or working? Right now, it seems like I'm either campaigning or working most of the time. <laughs> but when I'm not, what I really try to do is section off from everything else in life 
and get outside. Um, I love to do that with my whole family if they are willing. And, you know, I have to say for a 16, 15, and almost 13-year-old, they're pretty good about saying yes when we ask them to go primarily hiking or skiing. Those are our two big family activities together. But you could also find me out kayaking, paddleboarding, and running. And if I'm outside doing something like that, it makes me really deeply happy and also gives me the time and space to think about what everyone else is experiencing in the world and why I am motivated and compelled to do the kind of work that I do. Do you have any work-life balance tips? I don't know that I have positive tips here, but let me give it a shot. <laughs> The first is something that I have told myself for a number of years, which is that we aren't trying to achieve a place of balance in our work and personal life or work and parenting life. There's, there's no such real thing as that. In other words, balance is not a noun in this case, but a verb. You are constantly just on in this space where you are balancing things at the same time. And in doing that, you have to be both sort of constantly motivated, but also willing to give yourself a little space and break when you make a mistake or when, you know, you're not the perfect parent in every moment or when the dishes are piling up in the sink or when the garbage bag breaks when you take it out uh, to try to bring it to the garage, which happened to me just a couple of days ago. So, you know, just a reminder that we're all human and doing the best we can and to stick with it and be yourself. I can see the ads now. How can she clean up Washington if she can't even put the garbage out? <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, I, it, the bag broke, but I cleaned it up and, and put it out. So just, you know. <laughs> I think that's all I've got, Orion. Any, anything yeah, else? I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for giving me this time today. I had such a nice time with both of you. Also, Orion, welcome to Powell and I hope you love it. It is a wonderful town filled with just really kind people who really care about the world around them. So y'all fit right in. Thanks so thank much, you. Sarah. Bye.